0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1, The Voice. I see that God calls. I see that man fails and man falls, but I need to be more eager. Verse three says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. So whenever I read this, God always calls me back to being like, man, what are you eager for? Are you eager to grow? Are you eager just to live in your own flesh? Are you eager to put your flesh to death so you can grow in humility, love and patience and unity of the Spirit? And so all day long, I need to ponder on this. I need to ponder on this. I need to ponder on this. You're getting it, what it means to ponder on God's word, what it means to sit and to chew on it all day long. You see, there was just three verses that we read in Ephesians. It wasn't even nine verses. But with that, when you ask yourself these questions, it gives you a place to start to begin to ponder. But if I were just pondering on it all day long, and this has happened to me, oftentimes I ponder on scripture, and you know what? I just want to give up, man. I want to give up. I'm like God, because I, I would come down and someone will cut me off, and I will see that I'm not humble. I'm not gentle. I'm still arrogant. I'm still angry, and I can ponder all day long. All day long, I can ponder, and I have a choice now. I can either lie to myself and say, "You know what? I'm not that bad," or I can turn the third, third question: "How can I be more like the person you want me to be?" I can turn the question to a prayer. I can turn into prayer, crying out to God. <laughs> Even right now, I wish I could just like rip my shirt and cry to God, be like, God, save me, Lord. Miserable man that I am, wretched man. I see that in me even now as I read the sea. That's why that, that chapter four, gosh, I had to stop reading in my Bible because I've scribbled so much on it. Sometimes I just want to rip it out and be like, I don't want to even see that again because it confronts me every single time. But instead of just pondering on it, that's number two. Meditation involves praying through scripture. If you're only pondering on it, it'll either make you prideful and a liar. Now listen to me, when you're only pondering, it'll make you prideful and a liar because your flesh would say, bro, you're better than that. You are humble. And you will surround yourself with people and be like, you're so humble, man. You're so great. Liars, they don't know you. And instead of becoming prideful and a liar, I'd rather turn into prayer. And so what I do is, like what I'm right now walking before you, It breaks my heart that I see those things in my life. I turn it to prayer. And I say, God, I can't be humble, Lord. I'm unable to be patient, Lord. I'm unable to be loving, God. There's no eagerness in me, O Lord, to maintain the spirit of unity. Lord, you need to help me. It's number two. Meditation involves praying through scripture. You see, folks, every time you truly come to God's word, I believe that many of you come to this church because you're truly able to hear God's word being applied to your life. And when you truly hear God's word, man, you will see how desperately you need God. There are times when I've gone to God's word and (laughs) and I come back feeling like a rock star. I've got a beautiful three-point message for my personal life. And 20 minutes in, God would say, hey, go back to that word, man. You missed something. And God says, you completely missed that all the thing about a rock star is not you, Joel, it's who I am. You are this guy over here. And I'm on my face and I'm like, Lord, how did I miss this? And every time I leave God's word feeling like I've got it together, I've not really read his word. Now, I'm not saying that Christian life is a life full of shame. Please listen to me now. The Christian life is not a life where you coast. A Christian life is not a life where you feel like you've arrived. A Christian life is a life where it's consistent surgery that the Holy Spirit's doing on your life because this flesh constantly wants to come alive, man. The flesh that I put to death, oh boy, it wants to come back and dance like it used to before. Every single you think the enemy takes a break from attacking you, you're mad. He's like a roaring lion seeing whom he can devour. He doesn't go take a nap. He's after you. The flesh that you once put to death when you entered the waters of baptism, the enemy wants to bring it back. He wants to draw you away from your blessing. But the the promises of God is there's blessings for you. But my friend, if you're not walking with God pointing you, you will completely forfeit the blessing. You will overlook it. You will not even be able to recognize it. And so you got to go back to God's word, ponder on it, meditate on it, chew on it, grasp it, apply it. And then when it begins to break you down, you turn That word of God, the pondering of God into prayer, into crying out to God. Some of you, God doesn't answer your prayers because it's not coming from a place of brokenness. Your prayers are empty. You heard somebody else pray and God answered, and so you're praying their prayers. Your prayer is not coming from a heart that's been broken before the presence of God. Your prayers are not coming from a place where you've spent all your emotion and energy, and you're not crying out to him because you've not pondered his word to begin with. Joshua, he leads his people to Jericho. You guys remember that? Yes. He leads the people of Israel to Jericho. They, they surround the walls and they walk around it and the walls come tumbling down. And they're all excited about it. They're blowing their shofars in celebration. And the very next battle is a tiny little city called AI, AI not artificial intelligence. Ai was a tiny little place. And Joshua once again sends spies just like he did for Jericho. And the spies go and they send word to Joshua. They text him saying, bro, don't worry about sending the whole army, man. Just a handful of people will beat these guys up royally. But you remember what happened. They go there to Ai. Israel gets beaten up. The armies of Israel comes back running in defeat. A tiny little city took on the people of God. And if you remember, it's because there was sin in the camp. A powerful army of God was defeated because there was sin in the camp and they were defeated by a very tiny city. They just come from defeating Jericho, one of the greatest nations that they had to encounter. Joshua's first victory was Jericho. And right after that comes the defeat. I wonder how many of you guys are in that season of still living in your past victories. And all of a sudden, the joy of your victory is stolen by a defeat that you did not anticipate. In fact, as I say this right now, I'm in so much awe that God is meeting you that I almost want to kneel and lay on the floor over here because of how majestic it is when God meets you in your place of defeat. You're celebrating a victory that God brought for you. And before your celebration is done, There's a defeat, an unexpected defeat. You didn't even expect this tiny little city to whoop you, this small little thing to take you out. What do you do? This is what Joshua does. Joshua chapter seven, verse six says, then Joshua tore his clothes and he fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord, God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all to give us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. You know why Joshua's crying out before God? Please listen to me now. You know why he's putting dust on his heads and ripping his clothes? You know why he's able to fast all day before the ark of the Lord, before the presence of God? It's because he knows that God did not call him, appoint him, and choose him to fail. God did not bring him this far to take him back into slavery. God did not bring him this far for him to be beaten up. And you are sitting here and saying, God, how is this possible? How is this even possible for me to be over here? Because I know that you did not create me to fail. I know that you did not bring me out this far to take me back again. God, you pulled me out from the streets. You pulled me out from the prison. You pulled me out of my addiction. You pulled me out of a broken relationship. You pulled me out of religion. For this defeat now, O oh Lord. What do you do when you ponder and meditate on God's word and you hear his promises? And all of a sudden, the promises of God don't match the realities of your life. What do you do? And that's when you got to turn your meditation into prayer. Into lifting up the promises of God, not because God has forgotten his promises, but you need to be reminded that God is a promise making and a promise keeping God. Are you with me tonight? Yes. Joshua is before the very presence of God, and here's the beautiful good news. Dear God, it gives me goosebumps when I think about this. God speaks when you are in the presence of God, pouring out your heart and you pondered on his promises, you pondered on his word and his promises don't match the reality of your circumstances, God begins to speak and he brings clarity. And maybe it's been five years since you've heard God bring you clarity. He gave you a vision. He birthed an idea. And ever since God has been quiet, And other things have filled the space. And you've tried to do what God's calling you to do in your way, in your time, with your energy, with your resources. You've been kissing up to people to fulfill the callings of God and not trusting him. And now you're flat on your face. And I praise God that when you cry out to him, he begins to speak. Verse 10, jump down. The Lord said to Joshua, and let it be so tonight that God is speaking to you. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. (laughs) <laughs> is it time for you to get up? Maybe 2023 is the time for you to get up, my friend. Oh, I will gladly stand with you, man. I will fight with you, man. I will fight alongside you, man. And if God is calling you to get up, it's time for you to get up. If God is, if God is saying, I know you've been beaten down, but it's time for you to get up now because you spent time in my presence, oh, praise God for that. Because I think there's a time coming in this, in this season, in this year, when God is gonna pull away the scabs or the scales over people's eyes when they'll be able to see what God is doing. When God is going to shut down the mouths of those who've been false prophets and those who've been silent, God is going to give them a voice. When those who've been seeing things are going to start speaking things. Oh, let it be so that God says, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They've transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They've taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. God has a victory and a blessing for you. But you won't know how and what the blessing is if you don't spend time with Him, my friends. Now, as I even say this, I hear in my own head, my self righteous religious friends, that I love you, but you need to be saved. Immediately, when I talk about blessings and prosperity, when I talk about God having good things for you, the first thing that you would encounter, you know, you you, you kind of want to throw back of saying, oh, you talk about blessings and prosperity. You're just not a prosperity gospel preacher. Look at what happened to the apostles. They all died. They were cut. They were burnt. They were crucified. Please pardon my Christian French when I say you moron, you idiot. Do you not realize that they were rich? Do you not realize that they were blessed? Do you not realize that their death was not the end, but it was seeds being sown for the gospel to go out that 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the gospel that they preached, the God that died, the same Jesus that they walked with. Their death was not a curse, but a blessing. Why do you have to limit when I say blessings to only material things? My friend, when God calls you to preach the gospel, he will also give you everything you need for you to be able to preach the gospel. And for the disciples, God gave them chutzpah, courage, moxie, so that my friend Peter was able to say, you want to crucify me? Slow down, slow down. Kill me if you want, man. But hey, I, I, can you please crucify me upside down? Because my Savior, who I love, who died for me, he died on the cross. I am not worthy to die the way he died, man. Flip me upside down. Talk about courage, man. Talk about being blessed with the peace of God. Talk about being blessed with the courage that comes from the Holy Ghost. Talk about being blessed with an insight that no other man could see, that these 11 apostles were willing to stand against the religious rulers of the day. Oh my gosh, man, what would the church look like when we have spent time in his presence, pondering his word, praying and asking God to change us to open the eyes of our heart and we begin to walk coming out of authentic meditation. It's beautiful that even David, he preaches the gospel so beautifully because he knows that he knew that there would be suffering. In fact, the gospel, my friend, is not that God will save you from suffering. The gospel is God will save you that you'd be able to smile through the storms because the punishment of eternal suffering has been lifted off of you. Thank you, Lord. You see, I'm willing to sit in back-to-back traffic, bumper-to-bumper traffic. I'm willing to push my motorcycle when it runs out of gas, in the rain, and the sun, uphill and coast downhill if I know I'm coming back to a home that loves me, that's receiving me. There's a hot meal going to be prepared, a bed that I can sleep on. I will go through all the trials of my journey of getting home, knowing that I have a home to come to. You see, those of you who don't know Jesus, you're not a Christian. You're traveling in bumper traffic, bad traffic. Prius is cutting you off, man. Come on. Biden increasing the prices on gas. Your V8 is guzzling, drinking it crazy, and there's no home for you to go to. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.